Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my childhood bedroom in my parents' house, far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. I'm just here in my living room missing your stupid face. Oh, you get my face at I least. I know, but it's just, I have seen But it's my body you. that you're missing. Yeah, yes, that that is it. Matt Bellisai, I miss your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that all the time. I get that from all of the ladies. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've done the least amount of movement a human could do and still be considered technically alive. That has been <laughs> my last week and a half. Honestly, my only my only outings are the grocery store. And I went this morning. You you really grabbed my gears this morning. What were we get into that? What happened? Now all of my complaints are going to be extremely suburban. I, I went love to that. the I went to the grocery store, the Marianos. I oh yeah, I know Marianos. Those. There's a Marianos right by my parents' house. That's where they shop. Yeah. And when I was here last year, I got one of those store cards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you like check out, you get all the discounts. And I didn't have it in my pocket, but I also never registered it to a phone number or anything. So I couldn't use it at checkout. And I was in self-checkout. So usually in my day, if you forgot your card, the nice person at the cash register would just be like, oh, don't worry. I got you. And they'd, they'd, and they just swipe it. And so I, there was, because I was in self-checkout, there was nobody there. And so I hit the help button and summoned this woman. And I was like, oh, I forgot my card, but also I don't think my number is attached to it to put it in. And she was like, sorry, she would not scan anything. And I definitely did that thing where I was like, ooh, these are on sale. I'm going to get like 10 of them. <laughs> and then I just paid full price for 10 of them. Oh, my God. 10 of what? What, what did you buy? Butter. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was like a big. I honestly, I feel like such a Midwestern housewife. Yeah, when I you have about evolved this. in the Pokemon suburban housewife level. Anyway, so I'm doing great. My my brain has just been stimulated to the fullest extent, and I'm ready to record. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving it was pretty boring. I made three pies. I ended up just going Ooh, all yeah. out. I made brown butter honey pecan. I made pumpkin pie from an actual pumpkin and I made apple pie. All three were a huge hit. I was really pleased with myself. Um, so yeah, I'd say that was pretty great. I made an apple pie today. I made pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving Ugh. and then I made like pecan pie bars. Ooh, Yeah, they're so good. They are infamous because the recipe, you may have seen a screenshot of it. The first line of the recipe was is shortly after the attacks of September 11th, 2001. That is the first line of this recipe. <laughs> and it gets into like how comforting certain yeah, foods. These pecan and like, bars, they, they in <laughs> fact did heal a nation. But it is like the the perfect encapsulation of the phenomenon of like, just give me the fucking recipe and stop <laughs> with the not. Uh, we don't need an entire backstory on the history of <laughs> terrorism in America. Anyway, <laughs> well, before we get into the rest of the episode, this is our second to last episode of the year Pen of the season. Penultimate. <laughs> Where are we? I don't know. I don't know what language that was. Um, <laughs> it just feels like a word that should like kind of roll off the tongue. Uh huh. And, and then you somehow made it like hit a bunch of boulders on the way down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're coming up on the end of the year. We'll try to fill the the rest of the year with some fun stuff on Instagram and Patreon and all of that. But in the meantime, this will be our second to last official feed episode of the year. Um, so what's coming up? Today, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous, worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into the last rant hotline of 2021. And finally, we've got writer and comedian Allison Libby on the pod as our guest complainer. We bitch about hot movers, ketchup, horror movies, so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's chat about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. First, starting off hot with a correction. Oh, no. <laughs> Last week, you may recall, we covered the story about a dog named Gunther who is selling a mansion that allegedly was once owned by Madonna. He comes from this long line of German shepherds that apparently got uh, an inheritance from a German countess. I remember him well. Yeah. Well, the Associated Press, which I believed was a trustworthy institution, and I put all of my faith in every single week when I steal my stories. <laughs> You're telling me that you don't go ahead and find second references for each and every Worst Things First story? Shockingly for this shitty podcast, no, I don't... <laughs> I don't I don't check the Associated Press. I just <laughs> copy and paste and trust that they're telling the truth and that I can make jokes about it. OK, is that good enough for you? Is that good enough for this podcast? No, apparently not. So the Associated Press had to issue this humiliating correction where they were like, <laughs> they, it wasn't even a correction. They were like, we're replacing this entire story with a new story about 
how the story of Gunther is a long-running publicity stunt what? used by this guy to dupe reporters, <laughs> and they fell for it. The wow. Associated Press. So they're not doing much fact-checking on their part. If you can't trust the people that you copy and paste from, who can you trust? You're telling me they didn't go and try to interview Gunther and get a direct line to this dog and ask, sir, are you a good boy? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they should have put stuck a microphone directly into his snout yeah. and said, I demand answers. Anyway, according to the AP, uh, the story appears to be a ruse created by a man named Maurizio Mian, who honestly can't trust that name more. No. If I heard, oh, oh, so this man comes up to me and he introduced himself as Maurizio Mian. I'm trusting everywhere that comes out of his mouth. I'm just handing him my social security card. Exactly. I trust you with these nine digits more than anything in my life. Um, so he's the scion of it, uh, this Italian pharmaceutical company. Oh, I want to get all of my pharmaceuticals from an Italian. <laughs> a Tylenol, you know? <laughs> I would like a, I would like a the Pfizer. <laughs> So this guy, he is, yeah, a descendant of this rich Italian pharmaceutical family who apparently uses the story of this dog as a descendant of this German countess as a stunt to promote real estate sales and other projects. So this this corporation that sells and, and buys property exists. It's called the Gunther Corporation. And I mean, here's the thing. Basically, it's like a joke that the dog is on the the like records. Uh-huh. But it's like, okay, I mean, it was a joke to begin with. <laughs> like, even when we believe this story to be 100% true, it's like, yeah, it's obviously it's a joke. I don't think this dog is sitting in business meetings signing documents. <laughs> like, obviously, it's a joke. The Associated Press was so offended that they got duped even a little bit that they were like, no, we're we're exposing this man. The most damning thing is that the, it says the AP reported on the story after receiving a press release from publicists representing the real estate agents, which is like, that is the, an activity that like people that I worked with would do at a, a website that did not have the journalistic integrity at the time that the Associated Press has. Right. Where you just get a press release and then just kind of post it verbatim <laughs> without without really diving into it. Yeah. And again, this is a story about a dog selling a house. So like maybe, <laughs> maybe they're taking it a little too seriously. But still, apparently this man has like been open about how this is not like real. He told an Italian newspaper in 1995 that the Countess was just an invention to publicize the philosophies of his foundation. Although at other times, this guy has said, actually, his confessions about the Countess, that's the hoax. And that the dog stories are real. Again, do you do we trust Maurizio Mion or not? That's really what it comes down to. Here's the other crux is that the company said they couldn't answer questions. This representative of the company, the person who is allegedly Gunther's, the dog's handler, who is a former like lover of Maurizio. She is like the, the spokesperson for the company and said that she couldn't answer further questions, including anything about the story of the German countess, because, quote, there is an exclusive contract with a Netflix production. Yes, absolutely. Good. That is what I wanted. <laughs> um, all I'm saying is that if there is a companion podcast to this Netflix production, you know who to look for. We're available. 
<laughs> anyway, um, shout out to this man because he he duped two journalistic powerhouses, the Associated Press and Unhappy Hour. <laughs> Next, a woman on a recent Delta Airlines flight allegedly began to breastfeed her pet cat mid-flight and refused to stop after being caught. I will say I did hear this on NPR, so. Good. So they're covering it in all the right places. Oh, yeah. I I don't know if this bears repeating. I think it does. I think it does. A woman was breastfeeding her cat, okay? And I don't think... From what I understand about mammary glands, uh-huh. you're not just producing milk constantly. No, you have to you have to be practicing that. Right. It's like your body knows when it needs it. Uh-huh. And that is usually when you have a baby. Uh-huh. Which is why in olden times they would just have like an old woman that they kept constantly pregnant so that they could milk her. (laughs) Anyway, so this incident allegedly happened during a a flight from Syracuse, New York to Atlanta. And it comes from this image that was posted on Twitter or somewhere that suggested it was a picture of a message that was sent using aircraft communications (laughs) systems. So this got to the pilot. Yeah, basically, they were like sending out some type of distress signal, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And the message said that a woman or a passenger in seat 13A is breastfeeding a cat and will not put cat back in carrier uh, in response to a request from a flight attendant. The message asks that the situation be addressed by the airline's red coat team upon landing, who I guess are an elite airport customer service expert who are especially trained to handle on the stop customer issues. That would be the day that I quit. If someone was like, yeah, we got a fucking woman who's breastfeeding her cat. Make sure you're at the gate so you can take her. I'd be like, you know what? Someone else do it. Not today. I don't want to. That sounds like the best day of my life. That's like that, that job every day. Something something different is happening. And today you've got you've got some titty milk for a cat. Some titty kitty milk. Here's the thing. I'll go on the record with this. Controversial. Tell me what's wrong with this. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the facts. Cats love milk. Yeah. This lady had some milk in her. Right. Those are the facts. What are you just going to waste the milk? W- what's the phrase? Uh, don't uh, don't. Oh, no, no. The phrase is don't cry over spilt milk. Never mind. That doesn't work. Yeah. We don't even have to apply that because no milk was spilled. Yeah. It went right into the cat's mouth exactly. from the source. Yeah. I'm just saying I would like to everyone to have a long, hard think about why this bothers you. Okay, <laughs> look inward. I stare into the mirror and ask yourself, what do, what bothers me about this? Is it, is it is it thinking about their tiny, tiny, sharp teeth? I mean, yeah, she is putting herself in danger. <laughs> As someone who doesn't even like to, like, touch a cat for fear of losing, I don't know, something vital. It's scratching some type of artery like (laughs) artery yeah and me bleeding out everywhere um the idea of putting a cat's mouth anywhere near my sensitive nipple (laughs) so basically no one's been able to like independently verify this story um but this flight attendant on tiktok also said that there was security that had to meet uh, a, a flight because a woman was allegedly breastfeeding her cat so who knows who knows do we know anything about the cat like what kind the of cat, cat was a hairless cat it oh. was swaddled in a blanket so it looked like a baby I, okay now i officially actually hate this 
her shirt was up and she was trying to get the cat to latch and she wouldn't put the cat back in the carrier and the cat was screaming for its life <laughs> according to <laughs> oh, no. okay this went bad this okay turned. this went bad I take it back um, if the cat is screaming in distress then you should stop and finally a group of people at a pub in the UK have been trapped indoors by snow for several days and the only thing they have to entertain them is an Oasis cover band called <laughs> Noasis <laughs> that is in I, fact they, an Oasis it is no <laughs> Oasis I'll tell you that They've just been stuck singing Wonderwall for three straight days. <laughs> that is hell. So apparently 61 people got trapped in the Tan Hill Inn in, in the Yorkshire Dales as a result of heavy snowfall during a storm. But now people are like, we don't want to leave. They've been having so much fun. This is also a 17th century hotel that they're trapped in, obviously. Yeah, I mean, for, for all the hotels to be trapped in, I feel like that one makes sense. Like, I feel like those were built to be trapped in you know yeah because people died when they were like 18 <laughs> <laughs> for this very reason <laughs> so the 17th century is like when people they were like oh there's a snowstorm i guess half of us will die tonight <laughs> um but yeah now the guests are like we don't even want to leave we've been having so much fun they've been sleeping on makeshift beds mattresses on the floor um they someone had like a film a projector they've been having a quiz night um <laughs> doing buffets hell yeah but yeah the only entertainment was the an oasis tribute band called noasis that has been providing musical entertainment because the musicians were scheduled to perform uh at the pub um that week and so they got they got trapped with everybody else and they're like guess what everybody you're having an oasis concert every night <laughs> And it's like, name an Oasis song that's not Wonderwall. You can't. I can't. It's impossible. But yeah, they're all friends with Wonder. This is basically the plot of Come From Away, except instead of 9-11, it's a snowstorm <laughs> that trapped people with an Oasis. Yeah, and on Saturday, I think they're all out now. Guests thanked these seven members of staff stuck inside by presenting them with a jar filled with around 300 pounds in cash. Um, not enough. I gotta be honest. Not enough, not at, enough all. at all. 300 pounds for seven people. Thanks for nothing, I guess. <laughs> I'm surprised what they didn't that, just 45 like... <laughs> bucks. I'm surprised they didn't like start a GoFundMe for these guys. Whatever. They're probably yeah, about like, to get booked so much. I hope so. I'll write the next great musical about this. Yeah, I, I would watch it. And guess what? All Oasis songs. <laughs> it's a jukebox musical. Hell yeah. This is Mamma Mia meets Come From Away. <laughs> And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want even more, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash where you can see video of bonus stories. You can get a special separate podcast feed that's basically bonus episodes that show up right in your podcast app. Head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Next, we're diving deep into all the shit you've been complaining about on our rant hotline. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, well, it's one of our favorite times. It's rant hotline time. Boop, boop, boop. 
If you forgot, Rant Hotline is our state-of-the-art hotline where you, the listener, can call in with your complaints, all the shit that you hate, and we can complain along with you. I want to hear what you have to say. So we pick some of our faves this week. And uh, yeah, should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. You've reached the voicemail box of Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate. So why don't you leave us your rant after the beat? Okay, I live in Washington. It is 57 fucking degrees outside at 9 a.m. And there is always, always one asshole wearing shorts. (laughs) This is not short weather. It's never short weather. We're in fucking Washington. Oh, God, could not agree more. I have conflicting feelings about this. Really? On the one hand, I'm like, yeah, because usually the perpetrator is some dusty fucking straight man who has the grossest pair of basketball shorts you've ever seen. It's always basketball shorts. Right. And I don't support that. That being said, if I'm attracted to a person, then I'll allow it. Um, I will also say 57 degrees is... Yeah, that, that part, that right there. And at nine in the morning where the expectation is that it would get warmer. Gonna get warmer. I don't know. I might be on the fence on this one. But that being said, anything lower than that, anything I think 50 and below is like, grow up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm starting to worry you don't actually own pants. Yeah. And we're both from the Chicago suburbs. And I'm pretty sure we both have like that one person in high school. I could say his name, but I won't because we're family friends uh, who like he he would wear shorts every day of the winter. And the winter in Chicago gets actually below zero. Yeah. And, And that boy, I'm using boy because at the time he was a teenager, wore shorts every single day of the winter. And it's like you're just doing that to prove something but like what that you have thick skin or hairy legs it's yeah i don't understand what you're what you're trying to prove it's not comfortable you know it's not comfortable um just stop it it just shows that you have poor circulation and maybe need to see a doctor unless you have really good legs in which case let me see them (laughs) next good morning matt good morning barry it is 5 30 in the morning and what the fuck am I doing? I'm arguing with fucking glasses. Glasses. Fucking glasses. We have the technology to make fucking anti-glare and special fucking this, special fucking that with the goddamn lenses. But can we make lenses that are easy to fucking clean? Lenses that when I fucking try to clean it, even with a fucking towel, all it does is smear whatever that shit is around. And now I have a circular fucking smear on my lens. And then I clean it again and again and then 10 more times. And it's still smeared. What the actual fuck? It is too early for this fucking shit. Glasses. Oh, I feel this so yes. deep in my bones. Same, same. I This is my internal monologue on more occasions than not. Almost six days a week. I take the last day off. Also, the fact that you only are allowed to use one extremely specific type of cloth. And like, if you use any other cloth, like you're going to be scratching every single part of it. It's like glasses are a pretty early on invention. You know, I feel like we've come a long way as she was pointing out, we have anti-glare, things like that. Like 
Why hasn't this evolved? Yeah, Ben Franklin. <laughs> you went and invented a fucking bifocal. Couldn't invent a cloth that could clean my glasses. Yeah, there's no reason why you need this very specific cloth. Um, I am the worst at taking care of my glasses. Um, there are definitely times... I've definitely done that thing where I take off my glasses and been like, how was I even seeing out of these? <laughs> They're basically <laughs> fully opaque. But also, yeah, I'll like drop a Kleenex in like sand and then pick it up and just rub it all over my glasses. I don't care at all. It's whatever cloth will get it out. But then you find that one cloth that actually works mm -hmm. and you have to hang on to that. Like it's a precious artifact. Because it is. The one that I have that definitely has like a mustard stain on it. And I'm like, I have to keep it. I can't. It's a family heirloom <laughs> at this point. I'm basically just rubbing mustard on my glasses every time because that's the only option for getting them clean. Yeah. I did treat myself and buy... Um, I bought like a kit on the internet uh -huh. that of like spray and, and wipes and it does make a difference. It really does. And I use it like every other day, but then I'm like, am I going to be the person who like travels with glasses cleaning spray? Like, come on. I'm already a nerd enough. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm going to. Yeah, I did that. And then it all spilled out. <gasps> It like a bunch of it leaked out onto my mask. And then I put my mask on and I was like, I'm, I'm like roofing myself, right? <laughs> like whatever they do where they like put stuff on a, a napkin and then shove it in your face so that you pass out. That's what I was doing to myself. <laughs> That's hot. I know. Anyway, next complaint. Hi, Matt and Barry. Uh, love the show. It is getting me through this hell of quarantine. Thank you. Uh, just wanted to call in and rant about something that I hate that everyone else seems to love. And that is cake pop. Um, you know, we're getting like around the holiday season, so people are making them all cute and they look cute. So my brain always wants them. But then when I put them in my mouth, there's like this waxy coating and the inside is like wet and moist and like Play-Doh-y and they just taste like shit. And I don't understand why people love them. They look beautiful. They look cute. They taste disgusting. That's it. I don't understand it. Okay, bye. Hard agree on this one. Yep. Absolutely yep. hard agree. Okay. Do you want a history of cake pops? Yeah, please break it down for us. <laughs> Basically, cake pops, I believe, were like invented because bakeries often have so many cake scraps mm -hmm. that they use when they are shaping cakes. Right. And so they just put that cake into a blender with a bunch of buttercream. <gasps> And then like mix it all together, mash it up wow. until it's like a, a paste that they then roll into a ball and dip in candy coating. So it's literally leftovers. Yeah, it's dumpster cake. You're chasing after the queen of all leftovers in this situation, which is the donut hole. Okay, we already perfected this idea. You cut out the hole and then, yeah, you have a delicious mini little donut. That's not what cake pops are. Okay, you ruined it. You ruined it. No. This is what's left over when a baby has a birthday cake that they smash into smithereens. That's what you're eating in a cake pop. And yeah, the coating is like never good. It's always a weird wax. Right. I'm a firm believer. This is, it gets me incensed. <laughs> nothing on a plate should be inedible. There should be nothing that I have to Agree. take off of my plate because I can't eat it. And I'm including the dish. <laughs> Also, everything that is edible should taste good. Yeah. 
there's always like like fondant that you put around cake everyone's always like yeah we don't like the taste of it but it just like looks good and it's like well why don't you just use plastic well, in that? like if you know you're not gonna eat it yeah yeah fuck cake pops but they are cute i agree all right one more last rant uh from the rant hotline 2021 let's hit it Hello, Matt and Barry. I've been trying to think of the best way to word this, and I think I finally got it. It's that drugs are not a personality. Like, we all know weed bros, right? Like, guys that, like, oh, man, weed is, like, the best. Like, it, it comes out to earth, and they've got, like, the the marijuana cap, you know, or marijuana socks or whatever, and they're they're not like you know like Matt who you Matt who are like uh, once in a while you'll mention oh I smoke some weed and you're like yeah I smoke weed it makes me feel good these are the guys that are like oh like I'm so much funnier when I smoke weed and like I just see things so much more clearly and it's like no you fucking don't man like you're not funny when you're not stoned and you're not funny when you are stoned funny people are funny no matter what don't just be like drugs are the answer to everything so like get something else in your life (sighs) there i got that off my chest bye i did think that this was an absolute drag of us i know um, me too (laughs) i was like wow coming in hot against me personally uh but thank you for the clarification that it was not a direct attack just just a side blow like we might talk about it but we certainly don't like wear it physically on our bodies like like that is a part of weed culture that i do not participate in right right and it is usually annoying when it is people who are doing that and it's just like they're constantly in a cloud of smoke and it's like okay we get it yeah because also it's like it's not even cool anymore (laughs) it's just legal (laughs) it's like my mom does it Um, so it's like, yeah, what do you even, I agree. It's not a personality anymore. <laughs> it may be at some point you could kind of make that your personality, but now it's like, yeah. Once they start selling like little weed earrings at Claire's, it's like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is the perfect measure. <laughs> yeah. This is unrelated, but kind of related. And that is when people are high and texting me and I can't tell. And it's only later that I'm like, they were definitely high when they said that because it didn't make any sense. Is this, are you now dragging me? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, well, would you prefer that someone starts by being like, hello, I am intoxicated and, and then continue the conversation? Well, I don't know if it's always it's different than being drunk, because I do think when you're like drunk texting, like, you know that you're drunk texting, you're aware of it. Usually the other person is probably quickly picks up on it. But high texting is like you don't always know. And then the other person does it. And I'm like, oh, that's why I don't know. There's been so many texts uh, with people recently where I'm like, what you're saying doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) or they'll say something about like something that i've answered already and they ask it again and i'm like we've we've been over this what the fuck is wrong with you and then i'm like oh right they're probably absolutely baked (laughs) anyway that was an unrelated tangent but i'd say it's related on my mind uh and that's it for this week's deep dive next we got allison libby on the pod right after this commercial break it's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. My guest complainer today is a comedian and screenwriter. She's written for shows like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The President Show, many others. You've seen her comedy on Comedy Central, her writing in The New York Times, New York Magazine, Vice, so many other places. She's also the co-host of the podcast Ruined. Welcome, Allison Leiby. Hello. It is Leiby, right? Me. Yes, it's Leiby. You nailed it. I the whole time looking at your name, I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say Libby. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it's it so hard. And I'm like, my name gets said to me so many times between like being on podcasts and then like doing stand up when people introduce you or whatever. And I just like I don't even like listen anymore. I'm like, whatever. They're going to know. Right. It <laughs> like It's fine. I'm the same way. Sometimes I, I'll say my own last name so many times to the point where I'm like, am I even saying it right? Have I been saying it wrong this whole time? (laughs) Yes. And then I don't want to like do the thing like which sometimes I do where I'll be like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Allison Lie. Like I'll say it a bunch of times like if somebody has to introduce (laughs) me just so they've heard it. And like I feel like when I do that is when people absolutely will say it the wrong way when it's like time to do it. So I'm just like, whatever, man. (laughs) The more you have to think about it, the more the farther away from it that you're getting. Yeah. I like yeah. was just doing a show this weekend and like the I didn't know the host and I was like, it's Libby. And he was like, OK, great. Thank you so much for saying that. And then like 10 minutes later, he was like, Allison Libby. And I'm like, <laughs> but I get but I've like done that to people, too. So I'm just like, it's not his fault. But it is just like our brains are not quite <laughs> functioning all the time anymore. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we we like to get our complaining juices going Ugh, by answering the question, what is something that you hate that everybody else loves? Um, I am one of the small group of people that hates ketchup. 
I hate it. It's Gasp. just, I know everybody's always, and I feel like it's so polarizing to not like it that like people are immediately just like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, and, and like ketchup is like actually like made to be liked by everybody. Like something about its chemistry yeah. <laughs> in our mouths is like, it's like it hits all of the kinds of taste buds that you need mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. And like, I just, I don't like it. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is truly a shocking, a, 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 a shocking item. I don't think I've ever heard that before. So you got the unique item award. There you go. <laughs> but also, yeah, it is the like one condiment that you can sort of trust. You could order it for the table and everyone right. will dip something in it. And like getting fries or onion rings for the table is like, that's such a shareable food. And everybody Mm -hmm. just assumes like, let's just dump a bunch of ketchup. And like, there is no bigger moment of panic in my life than like when I'm sitting with a bunch of people who I don't know that well, like my best friends know, like I don't like ketchup. And like, if they want it, they put it on a plate and like, and if we're sharing fries or whatever, right. Like with people who don't know me, like you can see, like, as soon as the fries arrive, they like reach for the ketchup and you have to be like, I don't like it. Don't douse them in it. Like, and it's so like, (laughs) I'm not a picky eater in almost any other like way. I truly am yeah. like, I'll try anything. I like most things. Like there's nothing else I really like can't have on a plate, but ketchup is one that just doesn't work for me. I will say as, as a defender of ketchup, uh, that I am also opposed to dousing French fries in ketchup. I think that is a heinous way of presenting fries. It's like, they get cold and wet immediately, I think. Yeah. Like, you, the beauty of a fry is it's, like, hot and crunchy and, like, warm. Like Right, right. Putting a cold liquid, gel liquid on it is, like, gonna ruin that. Yeah. I mean, being able to dip and apply your ideal amount of condiment to your particular fry, that yes. is, that is your right. Yes. Yes. Everything yeah. should be kind of, like, a la carte when it comes to fries. Like, leave them right. pure for anybody who wants them that way. And then like, you can add whatever you want on your plate. That same logic, even though it is the exact same kind of, you know, practice uh, or action, but applied to salad is unfathomable to no, me. That's I an cannot insane... get behind no. the dipping of the individual leaf. If I was at a restaurant or at someone's home and they were like, here's a big bowl of lettuce and here's some vegetables and another bowl. And then like, Everybody can just like dress it on, like even dressing it on my plate. I'd be like, this is annoying. Dress the whole thing, like yeah. shake it, like get it like nice and equally dressed and like mix it up. And then I want to take some. That's true. I'm so used to it now. Like you go to a restaurant and get a salad and it's all kind of mixed in. Yes. But like, yeah, when we had salads, like a side salad at the the family dinner table, you just kind of squirt dressing on yes. top and you'd have one leaf that was just an entire puddle of ranch dressing. Yes. And the rest of it's like dry. And then like you're on like, it's on like a small salad plate that you're trying to just kind of like mix everything together with your fork. And then like, it's <laughs> yeah. just like dining at home is not quite caught up with restaurant dining. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nobody is doing it like restaurants. This is why, <laughs> this is why we spend hundreds of dollars to eat yes. out. So many yeah. hundreds of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Money. I mean, I was watching some of your clips out there <laughs> and I know you've, um, you know, covered the expense of eating out um, and how we just sort of accept it. Yeah. It is expensive to do, but like there's nothing I can do at home that's going to compare to like a really wonderful restaurant dinner. Like it's just not there. Right. No, I am a, a member of the like order three meals a day club. Totally. I've totally done this <laughs> more times than I, I care to admit, but 
truly, there's no like greater luxury, I think, than ordering breakfast to be delivered from a restaurant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Rarely travels well. Almost is always bad. Eggs, eggs do not travel. Like pancakes and waffles don't travel. Like yeah. they just across the board, there's not like what does is like bagels and cream cheese on locks. Like that you can be good. Unless it's summer. <laughs> also true. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the conditions have to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. I will say that I also do believe that like eating breakfast in a restaurant, not brunch, but like actual breakfast in a restaurant is also like the height of luxury. That is true. There is something about like someone else making scrambled eggs, even though it is theoretically like the easiest possible thing to make. Yes. Someone else making it is. And to like sit and have your like to have breakfast not be something that you like consume while commuting or like at a desk or like in a <laughs> like just like just like truly funneling cereal into your mouth before you run out the door or like right. get onto a zoom like to be able to sit and like read the paper and like have a coffee and maybe get a juice like that is so luxurious to me yeah i know i i forget that that is the one thing that i i do think i love that everybody else seems to hate is eating breakfast like i eat i have a full breakfast every day me too (laughs) i like sit down i enjoy my breakfast uh Yeah. And when I hear people are just like, no, I have like half a granola bar while I'm I'm squeezed onto the subway. I'm like, no, this is not breakfast. I think like my ideal way to eat is to have like a big like real breakfast. So like get some protein, like get some carbs, get some get something tasty, like get some juice, have a lot of coffee, like and then to like snack twice for lunch, like have like an early like have like a pre lunch and a post lunch, but not like a proper lunch. And then have like a real dinner. Like that to me is like, I'll, I'll graze all day on like little like bits of like, oh, some nuts and some celery and like a piece of turkey or whatever. But like, and then have right. like, you know, like a big dinner with like lots of stuff, but like a breakfast. I'd rather have a big breakfast than lunch. Yeah. No, I generally agree. Except my, my like two lunch snacks are usually like two many lunches, lunches yeah, really. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've gotten very into Trader Joe's. I, I, it's you know the most like basic thing that you could discover. Yes. Everybody's known about Trader Joe's, but I, I've been in, recently enlightened, and there's so many things that I'm like, yeah, I can throw this burrito bowl into the microwave. Yes. That's lunch number and that's one. That's a real lunch. Yeah, and also like Trader Joe's is like a tricky one for me because I'm like, if you don't live near one, like I'm never gonna travel to go to a Trader Joe's. Like I'm no, not. When, yeah. When it was only on like at Union Square. I was like, I'm never going to go grocery shopping at Union Square if that's not the neighborhood (laughs) I live in. Like that's, but now they're in every neighborhood. So like everybody has their local Trader Joe's and then it's like, oh, well yeah, I'll stop here. Yeah. Yeah. There is such a weird energy in Trader Joe's though, even though I'm like, I can get behind almost all of the products, but like, I don't know, everybody in there it just like there's there's kind of a chaotic energy. Everybody is either in your way or like or the hottest person I've ever seen. That is yes. the other problem. I would say that of all of the grocery stores, Whole Foods might compete, but Trader Joe's has the most couples in it. Mm-hmm. Like because it's like that's like it's a lot of like newer or younger because like Trader Joe's I attract like a, a younger like right. slightly hipper, but like definitely like younger crowd. Older people or people who have been in relationships forever are like, I don't need you to come with me. <laughs> like, 
But like when you're like six months in or like we just moved in together, let's go do grocery shop. Like everybody's like doing it together. And I'm like, you don't need both of you. Like before the pandemic, I would have been like single shoppers only. Yeah, that was honestly why I avoided Trader Joe's for so long, because every time I passed one, there was like a line to get in. not waiting yeah, there's no grocery, grocery store. store worth a wait. I don't think there's anything that I would wait. Like, I was like, I'll wait to get my COVID vaccine and like, I'll wait to get like, I'll wait 10 or 15 minutes for a table. But like, I'm not gonna like, I'm not waiting online to like, buy groceries. Yeah, uh, I I heard you. I mean, as, as part of your, 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 your set on Comedy Central, you were talking about living in a, a studio apartment. Is that still the case? No, I um, That was a little old of a joke, but I now live in a one bedroom and it feels just Congratulations. Like, you know, the most luxurious situation. Yeah. Like to be able to close a door is just really satisfying. <laughs> the idea that there's not just a room that you could see from any yes. point where you're yes. wherever you're standing. Yeah. And then I like go home and visit like people I know from growing up and I like walk into their like six bedroom homes and I'm like, how do you live like this? Like to me, I'm like, this is crazy. Like this is too much space. Like why would you ever live here? And they're probably yeah. like, you live like a like a rat that are doing science experiments on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I would do with more space. Like I truly yeah. don't want to like cleaning this is a nightmare. <laughs> like and it's so easy. The idea of cleaning even like one small space is debilitating to me. Yes. Um but yeah, the other problem with having a, a little more space, again, this is like, oh, you know, the problems of the 1% in New York is uh, oh, I have an extra room. But like yeah, then you just fill it with shit. And then now I just have shit that I'm going right. to have to have with me. Yeah. Right. So now when you move, you're like, well, I need to move somewhere that has enough space for all of the stuff I've accumulated to fill this larger space that I bought for myself. Like, yeah. Like, it's just like, it's a cycle of like consumption and then like having too much stuff. And then like, you have to spend money to get rid of stuff. Like, you can't even like, you know, you need like 1-800-JUNK to come like get like a couple of things because you're like, I don't need this anymore. And it's like, but you have to pay them. And I'm like, this is, yeah. why am I spending money to have less stuff? <laughs> exactly. It's so crazy. I also used one of those, I forget the exact name of it, but it's something like, you know, college guys moving cubes. Oh, I've used, I've used college educated movers. Yeah. The hottest, <laughs> the hottest man I have ever seen in my entire life was a mover that I had from that service. And I had recommended the company to my friend, my, like my best friend used the service and she like texted me. She was like, I don't know how to act in front of the man that's moving my stuff. Like I, she was like, I don't know how to explain. He's not even like our type, but he's everyone's type. And she like, right. he had like a Tom Hardy. And, and like, she was like, I, she was like, I wish you could see him. Like, he's so nice. He's so hot. He has like these sparkly blue eyes that now I've seen them. Like, they look like diamonds. Mm -hmm. So she had him. And then I had to move again. And I hired them again being like, I wonder if I'll get Rick. Like, that would be cool. Like maybe. And like Rick is like legendary to us now. And yeah. then I did get Rick. And like he moved me and I was like, he is the hottest man I've ever seen. And then like our friend tried to hire him. They were like, Rick doesn't work with the company anymore. And we were all like, <laughs> no, what happened to Rick? First of all, I would have had Rick's like Instagram handle, home address, MySpace profile. I would I mean, have I found all of it. I had his phone number, but then like I didn't have a last name. They didn't provide like they didn't provide one because I think they don't want people like stalking the shit out yeah. of everybody who like right. works for them. <laughs> and then like we kept trying to like find him, but we never also like she and I got drunk one night and we're like, let's just text him. Like we know he lives in Greenpoint. Like let's see what happens. Um, and he was like very nice, but also like no. <laughs> we were like right, right, yeah. right of course, yeah. Okay, no. <laughs> okay. So you shot your shot. Yeah. It's, I'm glad we did. 
that was my beef. And and yeah, when I when I hired whatever company that was, is like the movers weren't even that hot. I'm like, I'm paying six hundred dollars for you to take my my you know perfectly fine furniture, and you're not even hot. Yeah, this is at least let me see like some nice arms. Yeah, at at the very least, the this very is the least. service you should be providing for the money I'm paying. Yes. If I have to watch you walk in and out of my home with all of my stuff, like, can it at least be enjoyable to watch? Yeah. Anyway, um, some other things that that I've seen you um, talk about and tweet about. Oh, One sure. is um, having allergies and in, in, in experiencing fall in New York City. Yeah. I've been like wanting to go because like my allergies were so bad. I was like, consi- I was like, maybe I should just go get like a checkup yeah. just to be like, what's going on? Does everything look okay? And like, I was like, I don't know how I would even articulate how yeah. I feel anymore. <laughs> like bad. I feel bad. Is bad something? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but like as someone who ostensibly writes and does, st- I'm talking about myself. I'm like, I should be able to have yes. the vocabulary to describe myself. Absolutely. <laughs> and yet... At a loss for words. Yeah. I'd have to string together a hundred words that don't make sense together or just say bad. Those are like the two options for how I could like self-diagnose to a doctor. (laughs) They'd be like, stop it. This doesn't make any sense. And I'd be like, what? I don't know. (laughs) The other problem I have, and I I mean, I'm not trotting any new ground here, but health insurance is the most baffling thing to me. Mm. I always think like, oh, I know I have it. And so, you know, if anything happens, I, you know, I'll be fine. And then when I actually have to go to the doctor and like apply what, what should be my insurance to things, I'm like, oh, this doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It's super complicated. And it's also different everywhere you go, even if you're going to people who take your insurance. Yeah. Like there's just no, like there's no rhyme or reason to like why sometimes I have to pay a copay and sometimes I don't. And like, sometimes I get a bill and sometimes I don't. And like, I'm sure there is like a very complicated reason for that. That is absolutely set up by a system that is trying to confuse and bankrupt American citizens. But like, it is like, you are just like, I don't like, I just went through, I just had a back surgery this year. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to the doctor constantly, just like checkups and like follow-ups. And like, every time I would leave, I'd be like, did I do it all? Like, do I need to do anything before I leave? And they were always like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, sometimes they ask you to do something. (laughs) Yeah. I always do that. I literally just did that. I always have to stand there and wait for them. And they're like, you can go. Why are you still here? They're like, they're like confused. They're like, did you lose something? I'm like, my mind? I don't know what's supposed to be happening at this point in the transaction. Yeah, what hell we live in. Anyway. Truly. Absolute <laughs> hell. <laughs> um, so your podcast, you you co-host yeah. this. Yes. And it's called Ruined. For people who don't know, give us the lowdown. Uh, I co-host it with the wonderfully funny, uh, very good friend of mine, Hallie Kiefer. Great writer, great comic, just so funny. She is a horror movie obsessive. She lo- That's her favorite genre. That's all she watches. She just loves horror. She, I don't I, like rarely is there a movie where I'm like, Oh, have you seen that? That she's like, no. (laughs) Um, so she sees everything. I don't like horror movies. Mm -hmm. If you could not tell from everything we've talked about, I am easily scared and anxious (laughs) about everything. And I am not like, I'm just not like, I'm a rom-com queen. Mm -hmm. Like I like a studio comedy. Like I, you know, I don't like scary movies at all, but like because of this relationship, like 
she always wants to tell people about what happened in a movie that like, they'll be like, no, I'm going to see it. Don't tell me. And I'm like, you could tell me, I'm never going to see it. Tell me exactly what happened when, uh, in the movie. And so like, we had been doing that just in our friendship uh-huh. whenever we would like hang out or like over G chat often, we're like the last two people still on G chat, but I'm like, I love it. I stand by it. I am not platform agnostic, I guess. Like I just, like once I find something I like, I'm like, I'm sticking here. Yeah. Like, I don't have TikTok. I'm not going to get it. Yeah. It's so confusing. So like we, we did this in our life and like, I, we feel everybody kind of falls into either like a horror lover or a scaredy cat. Mm-hmm. Like most people are one or the other, like few, very few people are like neutral on the concept of a scary yeah. movie. And so like the premise of the podcast is like each episode, she walks me through everything that happens in a different scary movie. And like, we play little games, like trying to like guess what the twist is going to be mm-hmm. and like betting on who will survive and like all that stuff. So it's like fun if you love horror movies, Hallie is like a student of the genre and like loves and respects them so much. And is such a good storyteller. But if you don't like them, you can listen to the podcast instead of reading the Wikipedia entry, which I, and most people I think do. <laughs> yeah. That is a much more enjoyable way of getting it. Cause whenever I see yes. a movie that I'm like, everybody is talking about this mm-hmm. and I want to know what's going on, but I can never bring myself to read the Wikipedia page. It's really hard to read a Wikipedia entry about a movie or a TV show because they're not written like they're, it's not written by a critic or like somebody who wrote the show. Like it's written by somebody who watched it once. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. the na- like they, like it's hard to be like, wait, who, then what happened? And like, wait, who's that person? Like, they're just like, not as thoroughly put together as you would want it to be, to be like, right. I'm like, I just wanted to find out like what the crazy twist is in this movie that everybody's talking about is. Yeah. And like, it's sometimes hard to get to, but on ruins, like it's very like, we're here to tell you the things you want to know. Right. I didn't even think about, by the way, the the process of someone writing a Wikipedia plot summary of a movie that like just came out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, did they just read like, did they just read a summary and then like extrapolate? Like it's sometimes like I've read a few where I'm like, this was, I had no idea what happened. Yeah. The idea (laughs) of being able to recall like two hours of something I just watched well enough to like put it in order. Yeah. No, no, that's not for me. (laughs) I don't remember like what I did before we started this podcast. I was like, what was I doing earlier? <laughs> yeah, no, so, absolutely no, I not. couldn't recall that information. Well, since we're, we're getting near the end, you also are still doing a live show, correct? You're still kind of getting up and performing your, your one hour show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a stand up, and, uh, I have an hour I do, uh, called, Oh God, an hour about abortion. Love it. Which is a tongue-in-cheek reference to, like, who could possibly want to hear an hour of jokes about abortion? But it is um, a weirdly light and fun touch to a story about what it's like to have one, which is weirdly uh, important right now. Yeah, (laughs) I started it before, you know, it was before Texas was when I started writing and performing it. But, like, now I'm just like, let's draw attention to what a nightmare (laughs) this country is becoming. Yeah. Um, And just kind of walk people through, like, some of the interesting... uh, elements of having an abortion, but also like just kind of what it's like to be a woman and grapple with the concept of motherhood. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, that's something that we don't talk about as earnestly in the same way that we need to be honest with ourselves about the fact that we don't read. Um, (laughs) I think that like we need to be more outspoken with like how we all feel about parenthood. Cause then, you know, the, there, there's kind of one narrative for what it is. And there's many ways that you can be or not be parents. And so it's kind of, 
talks a lot about that too. Right. It's very fun. So it's weirdly fun. <laughs> it covers uh, it covers a lot of ground. A lot of ground. It is a whole hour, so it's you know lots to fill. Um, that's like six books. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go see your show, and it'll basically be like you've read a whole bunch. Oh yeah, it's like a yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's you can add at least six or seven books to your Goodreads total for the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do think. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, uh, I ha- have not had an abortion myself um, yet, but you never know. Yeah. Again. And uh, but it is re- related to what we were talking about earlier, which is like oh, already going to any doctor is the most obnoxious thing imaginable and there's so many steps and there's so much you have to think about and worry about and the fact that they're we're adding obstacles and layers and fear to it is um insane unnecessary and and in reality the experience is like very manageable and there's like moments where you're like this is how we do this this is so stupid and crazy like there's just like those moments which is like fun to recognize like it's not all trauma and tragedy there's like the hilarity of going to a dentist's office is like, like, and the things that can happen there are absolutely kind of the, there's some parallels. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, just like the nightmare of like moving through the healthcare industry in this country is right. backwards. Um, well, we're just about out of, of time. Um, so where can people find you in, in your work? You can follow me personally, uh, at Allison Livey on Twitter and Instagram. I don't have any other social media platforms. It's just those two. So don't try and find me on others because you won't. Um, and if somebody's being me on TikTok, I hope they're doing well. Uh, and then I, I post like whatever like shows I'm doing around town and stuff like that. And then you can follow Ruined, the podcast at Ruined Podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well. You can get it wherever you get podcasts. Amazing. Well, I hope everyone goes and checks out everything. And um, yeah, thank you so much. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. This week, we're highlighting Trans Santa. I believe we highlighted it last year around the same time. It's the holiday season. Um, There are a lot of people in need who might not get the opportunity to uh, exchange gifts, to um, receive gifts and trans santa is a great community organization that delivers gifts to trans youth safely and anonymously um so they take submissions until december 20th we can put the link uh in our show notes so that you can look that up and um perhaps contribute um yeah don't give gifts your shitty family members (laughs) they're not going to be grateful as we've already established in this episode um yeah Give gifts to people who actually need them and will appreciate them. Yeah. Or both. Apologies if you can hear the leaf blower outside. Oh. Um, it's That is the person who leaf blowers on our sidewalk, not once, not twice, but three times a day. That's correct. Morning, noon, and night. Uh, rain <laughs> or shine. That's correct. Rain or shine, they will blow the leaves. Um, so I am sorry if you can hear that on mic. If you can't. Um, that is great for you. I can hear it every single fucking day. Um, so that's a great way to, uh, bring that energy into the end of this episode. (laughs) Good. Just in time for the (laughs) upbeat chaser portion. It's okay. These are the things that help me calm down from the, from the very real annoyance that is happening. (laughs) Good. Um, what TV have you been watching this week? 
I have been watching the second season of The Great. It's on Hulu. The whole second season came out at once. Um, I'm pretty sure I brought it up a couple weeks ago. I love the show. I really do. It's just fun and ridiculous. And it's also made me want to like read Catherine the Great biographies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Listeners, if you've got any recs, (laughs) shout them out. Yeah. Any any scholars in the audience? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that is that is what I have been watching. What about you? I gasped because I forgot that that was back. I'm excited to watch. Yeah. And I'm due for a new show. I just finished. I was watching while I've been home the third season of You on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I think it's been out for a couple months now. It has. It has. But I didn't get around to it. It is so good. (laughs) It is so ridiculous. But in particular, I think her name is Shalita Grant. She was the... um, lawyer in search party who was like your honor oh yes (laughs) yeah oh my god she's in it she is in it she plays this like mommy blogger who is all up in their business there are like all of these shows that like either i watched one season of or i'm like always on the cusp of but i just need like one thing to push me over and that was the casting that i needed to hear to push me over um absolutely gonna watch that season (laughs) yeah she is so good i love her um so yeah, that's what I've been watching and I finished it. So I need something else. What's your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser. We are recording this the day that Spotify wrapped uh, was released. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been bracing myself because I knew what it was going to be. But um, but then seeing it, there it was. Uh, my top five songs, my top five songs are all just songs off of a single album. And that is Punisher <laughs> by Phoebe Bridgers because the way that my uh, OCD manifests is that I... Um, can only listen to one thing over and over and over again uh, before moving on to the next thing. And that's how that works in my old brain. Um, So it is fun to see that and to learn that I am in the top 1% of uh, Phoebe Bridgers listeners. Good. (laughs) Um, So, you know, and also I listen to her on Bandcamp as well. So I am deeply unwell, but I also love it. Um, And the, but the real chaser here is seeing everyone else's Spotify rap where Unhappy Hour is their top podcast. It makes me so happy to just see that and know that you've been spending all this time with us. It's so fun. It's it's so fun to do this show every week, even though I'm glad we're taking a little bit of a break for the holidays. Uh, and it just it, it just brings me so much joy. So that is my chaser for the week. What about you? Same. When Spotify rap came out, I was like, oh, God, here we go. Everyone, this is going to be the entire timeline today is just everybody sharing their <laughs> Spotify's. Um, but then I remember that, yeah, people always share um, on Happy Hour, yeah. which is great. And I love that. Shockingly, I think my top artist was Chloe and Hallie, mm. probably from the top of the year. Yeah, yeah. And then like Olivia Rodrigo, it was all over. Yeah. Harry Styles, obviously. That would be my other chaser, which is I was perhaps a, a bit chagrined when I did not see a a pleasing box in my mailbox. Yeah. Um, For those of you who are all fake fans and don't know, Harry released a a beauty line. A company. He started a company. Yeah. So it's like nail polish and like skincare and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, it's called Pleasing. And they sent out boxes. And I was like, why the fuck didn't I get a box? (laughs) Um, And then it turns out it went to the wrong address. It went to an old address. And so I'm very excited. (laughs) It is waiting for me back at my apartment. 
And obviously I'll post a pic. Ugh, I can't wait. Christmas came early. <laughs> um. So yeah, those are my chasers. Love it. And that's it for today's show. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head to my Patreon where you'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories, video of extended guest complainer interviews, and an entire separate podcast feed of all of the bonus stuff every single week. So it's like a second day of Unhappy Happy Hour that you get right in your podcast feed. You can also buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And as always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get podcasts. Follow us, rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlene Revelo, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jen Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. And if you want, you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I would love if I have my booster with the side of meatballs. Mm. Mm, I did get that- dumplings after getting my booster, but you know, not the same. No, it's not the same at all. (laughs) For you to even bring that up in the same sentence is despicable.